You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Ryan, you have a mustache. I do. It's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. I had to, I was on a shoot that I had to get my face trimmed very specifically. So I had like a sort of, uh, like, I don't know. It was like, there's beard under my chin and like around. It was like a goat. It was Dr. Strange E. You could really grow a mustache. That's a freaking mustache. I am half Mexican. How much you charge for them mustache rods, boy? <laughs> for you, free. 25 cents. 25 cents. Oh, is that a thing? Uh, no, I don't know. I had, a shirt one, I had a shirt that once said that. 25 cents for mustache rides. How'd that go over well in public? I don't know. It was many years ago when okay. you could get away with it. Oh, sure. It was just a t-shirt I found someplace. Sure. What are you going to do? Uh, I hope you guys had a, a great week or you're having a great week. Thank you for allowing me to uh, be a part of your week. And listening to us wherever you are listening to your podcast. I hope that if you like today's podcast, you'll you'll listen to us. You'll subscribe. You'll listen. You'll give us a chance because hopefully that's what you do. There's a lot of podcasts, lots of choices. And I hope that you make us your choice for a podcast. So thank you. We've had some great guests. I love all the messages. Um, also want to give a shout out to all my patrons. Uh, you can support the podcast in many ways, but the most important way uh, is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash inside of you, Patreon.com slash inside of you. Join Patreon. I'll send you a message. Become one of my patrons. Support the podcast. Uh, Ryan, where can the folks follow this podcast? Uh, at Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. That is correct. Mm -hmm. um, also, you can go to the Inside of You online store. You can get some great stuff, mugs, tumblers, Smallville merch, bunch of really cool like smallville scripts hmm. you know, funko pops uh smallville lunchbox signed by me and welling lots of cool stuff i'm also on the cameo and uh also go to sunspin.com if you want any cool band merch and if you want to uh, get a zoom with me uh, you can do that there uh, we had a great guest today rahul kohli rahul kohli rahul kohli i think i said that right uh, I, I love this guy i love having him on uh he was in this amazing show that mike flanagan directed called midnight mass He's constantly working, um, as he should. He was just so open and honest in this yeah. interview, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. I, I certainly hope so because I did. Rahul, thank you, man. Thank you for uh, thank you for being open and cool. I hope we get to hang sometime because I really like this guy. Um, you got anything else up your sleeve? No, just on my face. Just on your face, man. You got the mustache. I um, woke up today and I chose joy. That's what happened. You chose joy. That's right. Good for you. Ryan. That's right. You deserve joy in your life. I am starting to agree. I don't think your girlfriend likes the mustache that much, does she? She was uh, on the fence. Uh, indifferent. But I chose joy for me. Good. Keep it. Keep it going. Be the new Ryan. I think I will. All right. Without further ado, let's get inside of Rahul Kohli. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You. Michael Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You're loving the collectibles. Yeah. Now, do you, I, I, I saw something on Instagram. We were looking. Okay. And you were painting these tiny figurines. Mm. What was it? Is, so are you a collector? I, I mean, I, I kind of, yeah. Like, I, I definitely buy statues and these hot toy figures of star wars and like lego so i'm i've always been like that I, yeah but um and sideshow i guess that's like a that's from sideshow is it, it looks familiar. uh raiders of the lost ark 
Well, as in the company Sideshow. Oh, is that what it's called, like, Sideshow? Sideshow, the ones who like who, who <laughs> I sell. Like, I was like, Sideshow? What the <laughs> fuck is... But, but um, I, on top of that, I paint or make model kits or I've got into painting miniatures, um, building these things called Gundams, which are like Japanese mechs. I, I, I'm always... It, it basically, it stemmed from my own kind of cheap therapy Uh when I was str really struggling as an actor and um, basically couldn't even get a line in in, in a soap opera. Uh, it was mainly commercials and background work. How long ago was that? So, uh, well, going from the start, when I left drama school, I, did, I went to amateur drama school for a few years. I got out at like 20 and then I didn't book iZombie, which was my first role for, what was that? That would have been, I was 28. So it was eight years. Wow. Yeah. So in those in that eight year period, um, I the, th the thing is is, <clears throat> and we're already deep deep diving into <laughs> hey something man, political uh, here. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> but you know, I I would get seen for a lot uh, because it's a small pool. The diversity worked for me in that respect, and, and so um, without very much experience or credit or uh, or coming from a reputable agency. I was still going up against Riz Ahmed, which made no sense. But when you look at the pool, it does make sense because if there's six of you, you're still going to get seen. Right. So I was super in the running for things that I had no right to book. So I was constantly busy and having to prep and getting these monologues or getting to having to meet with these directors. Um, and I flunked out of all of them. And then it would be Riz or it'd be Dev Patel. It'd be the the, the guys that, you know, we're doing the thing and this is pretty taxing on you yeah kind of i mean it, it beats you down yeah um you're defeatist the minute you walk through the door you're kind of like riz, you, riz is gonna get this <laughs> like <laughs> and yet you always thought that you're like i'm not gonna get this i mean someone else is gonna get this. there were times where the the, pro the problem with with that is like especially in the early days i felt like we were interchangeable so it didn't matter what you represent like it's, it's it's like this for instance it's it's like um harrison ford and mark hamill are both straight white actors you wouldn't cast them in the same roles because they bring a completely different set of skills and charisma and talent to their respective roles right if you were south asian or you were from a small diverse you know you you were representing a community um it didn't matter what you brought you were being seen for it. So, because it was, you're interchangeable. I, I understand. Does that make sense? It, it, doesn't right? that make sense? That's kind of fucked, right? Because the, the main casting brief is brown. Right. So we're all in there. Whether we're six foot four, five foot six, you know. Charismatic. And whether you're really funny or you're really straight yeah. and dry. So you're doing everything. And, uh, and is, that was, is that a good thing? I mean, it, it definitely sharpened my skills yeah. because from week to week, you know, one second I'm auditioning for a terrorist, the next I'm auditioning for the the kind of uh, gay best friend, and then the next week I'm auditioning for this. I'm auditioning like, and it 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 never had, it never settled. So I I wasn't put the box I was put in was brown, but I wasn't put in a characteristic box. Right. Um. And so so yeah, like there were sometimes I'd see something and I'd go, oh, okay. According, if I ignore their ethnic, their ethnicity, this stuff I can do. This is me. This is what I bring to something. I think, 
So there would be times where I'd feel more confident going into that than I would say, I'd look at a Riz or I'd look at Dev and go, oh, I could do that probably better off out the gate than they could. Yeah. But it didn't matter. Did I you, never yeah. got them anyway. Did you feel like it was like, sometimes it's just a waste of your time? Um, yeah, there was definitely a defeat, especially with the big stuff. The big like stuff. You, how, how, what's the worst in, in terms of how much time you spent on an audition? What's the longest you spent working on an audition and didn't get even considered? It happened recently. Um, I've deleted the tweet because I was like, am I allowed? Is this NDA'd? But I, 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 I auditioned for Lord of the Rings, the new Amazon Really? Show. Yeah. And I went. I read three or four times to no avail. Um, and how much material? I mean, it was a monologue. So it wasn't a huge amount, but it was... <clears throat> I remember doing a tape in LA, doing another tape, flying into London to do it in person. But that was that was fine. I mean, it's a big show, and but but prior to that, I mean, I had already done I Zombie. I hadn't met Mike yet. We hadn't done Blind Manor. Mike Flanagan, right? Mike Flanagan, yeah. Um, but uh, prior to that, prior to I Zombie, the worst audition I had led to me booking I Zombie. So I had this. It was a really weird day. I I got uh, the night before you get the call. And that's also how you know you're probably not going to book it is when it's a, a decent role and they call you the night before. You're like, I wonder if everyone else was called less than 12 <laughs> hours always, to prepare, right? We need you. They need you tomorrow. Tomorrow, <clears throat> yeah. They need this in. This is a big role. You have an opportunity. I'm like, why are they rushing it the last minute? Uh, because uh, they can't find the right guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or so-and-so won't do it. Yeah. Or the, yeah. Or the guy that they, yeah, the guy they want. It's up in arms, right? There's scheduling issues. We got to, you know, maybe pad it out yeah. a little bit. I can't do that, though. I can't the night before mm -hmm. memorize a bunch of lines and go in. I need a couple of days. Sure. I need a couple of days. What about you? Do you do that? I'm good. You're I'm, good for the night before. I'm, I'm good for, I had to be. I was out of, like like, like I said, it, it what that period of time. Um, I, and just before I move on to, to that actual yeah. audition, that's why I started doing hobbies because... I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was super busy, super busy, couldn't really hold down a job because it got to the point where I was asking for so much time off and shift changes when I was working in retail, it, it became a problem. So I remember booking one commercial that was like the first decent amount of money I made. It was like 10 grand. And I was like, I'm quitting. <laughs> like, that's it. I've made my million. So I quit my, my full-time job. I was sorry, my retail job to full-time audition. What year was this? <clears throat> this would have been 2010, 2011. So not that long ago. No, no, not that long ago. iZombie happened 2014. So I get the, so that's how like to stay creative, to, 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 I'm a bit of a psychopath. So like I needed something to like calm down and meditate and be okay with just sitting at home sometimes on days where you didn't have an audition or whatever. And I got into model making. I got into just painting and airbrushing and, I'd get a little money from a commercial or background work. I'd buy myself some equipment to some tools. And it was like, this will last me for the rest of the month. This is, it's it's an expensive hobby, but if you invest right, it can become quite cheap and it can self-sustain and you just have your paints and you can always just sit well, it sounds table. Yeah, it sounds like you might be saving a lot of money on therapy. Right, exactly. And it does, it helps me to chill. It just <laughs> right. helps me to like, to sit down. Like the, the old ways of, I'm, you know, I'm English, so... <laughs> drinking and getting into fights and pubs to let out whatever audition went bad is just not you know it's not healthy so like yeah i went i found a very kind of like it didn't require anyone i could do it any time of the day i didn't need 
anything from anyone and I was able to just think about stuff. But uh, we so have I, art night. We we haven't done oh, it do in you? a while, but I have an art night at my house because I'm terrible. I hate, I'm not going to criticize myself because it's not something I want to excel in or become. Mm. It's not something I'm passionate about yeah. or I want to make money off of or it's like the be all end all. But it's something that in therapy that they recommended for me because I was always afraid of it. I'm you know colorblind and I'm I, colorblind. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I can't differentiate. We, we got to talk red, about brown, that. green. Uh, blue green red green red green uh yeah. blue i mean a lot of colors just blend together i can't differentiate Same. them yeah. that's crazy but yeah. art night um sort of it's it's just it relaxes me within like five or ten minutes i'm just drawing i'm just doing the task at hand i'm yeah. just focused on something else other than myself other yeah. than all these superficial things and so it did help me along with therapy and other things like that but that was your therapy absolutely i mean like if you i'm emotional and there's a lot going on all the time and it's it's self it's self-inflicted it's me and my brain and it's me pushing things to a side and not dealing with them immediately so they pile on later and so there's a lot of noise and then there's this moment when you take all of your energy and mental power like people have recommended meditating and you just you sit mm -hmm. down and you zone out i can't do that the brain goes even faster it's a it's, it's worse and it spirals and snowballs. So <clears throat> I found like with the miniatures, which I now bring to set. So I bring them whenever I travel because they're small and I can take a travel. You just case. have them in your trailer. Yeah. Or, or in my hotel rooms in fucking Vancouver. How long will you spend at any given time on them? It, it just depends. Like I can, I can focus on one, I don't know, say I was doing a, a sword, for instance. <laughs> and I was like, I haven't painted it yet. It could take, I could do it for an hour and then jump in the shower and go to dinner. Or I could decide today I'm going to do a lot more and get a lot more of it done or a few of them done. So it, it, it's just, it's, it's easy to pick up, pause, come back, whatever. Um, and then I find like, it, 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 if I fall for it every time. I sit down, I could be in any kind of pissed off state or whatever, or emotional. I start. You, you know, you wet your brushes and you start. Yeah, you know, I'm your not paint. in the mood. I'm not in the not fucking in the mood. Fucking I don't mood. want to do it. Yeah. And then before you know it, you haven't thought about anything for the last 45 minutes except what's in front of you. And it's this big. And you're like, oh, yeah, here we go. I haven't had a cigarette. I don't need food. I haven't had anything. And I haven't thought about whatever it is that was crushing on my shoulders. So it's become my little escapism. Wow. Uh, yeah. So the audition that came the night before was for 24 the london's edition like the, whenever he was whenever jack bauer was in london right and i got the call and it was like sides would be provided to you uh at the at the room in the room so, like, so oh, they know okay. you're gonna call reed yeah yeah they knew and there's that was something what was there's agreed. something there's a relief that you get if it's like, hey, you're going to read it when you get there like everybody else. You're not, you are not. don't have to memorize this. Because yeah, it can be to, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, you, my God. You already yeah. know there's a safety net of shitness because yeah. they've set up the, the terms. So you're pretty much reading it. Yeah. You're reading much. the lines and trying to look up here and there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I get there, and it's a Friday. I remember this so fucking clearly. It was really sunny in London for February or whatever it was. And I get there, and I realize there's no sides and there was a fuck up. My team or the casting director didn't send the sides to my team. So my team assumed that sides would be provided to me. So, she, so the casting director was like, oh, you weren't sent the materials. No. Okay. Took responsibility that there was a fuck up. 
and then was like, well, let me get them for you. We won't see you just now. Have a few minutes to familiarize yourself with the text. I still feel like, okay, this is special treatment. She understands that we are, we've had a bit of an issue here or whatever. I get in the room and I start doing the read and she doesn't like my read. And it kind of spirals into a bad audition with someone's energy being impatient with me. And I wanted to be like, yo, like step the fuck off. You know the parameters, you know what's happened. Why am I being treated like this? Yeah. So obviously the, the audition was a flop. I leave. And that felt, I was the worst I felt because it was, it was almost like, it, it wasn't- Was out of your control? Yeah, it was out of my control, but I still ate shit. And it was just this moment of then getting another, a 45 minute train back home on my, you know, I'm approaching my thirties. I've made no headway in this industry and I feel shit. I feel, and I'm the butt of the joke around the community and friends and family and stuff you like that. You are or you think you are? I felt like I was you with certain like people. I definitely was. And it was like, you know, you're, you're like, he's 30. It's, it's like 37 year old still practices with his band, thinks he's going to make it. That's how it sort of <laughs> felt at like 28, 29 or 28. I'm 49 and I have a band and I'm still. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're going to make it. I promise. No, but you. <laughs> no, honestly, I don't ever. Again, it's it's a passion for me. Yeah. I don't I don't expect to be famous from it or become rich from it. I do it because I really enjoy it's it. It's what you get out. It's, of it. Yeah, it's what I get out of it. Absolutely. So that's why I do yeah. that. But continue. That's but, it, 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 everything like I've had worse auditions, but for some reason that day everything it just hit me on this walk, and I was like, I'm not doing this no more. I can't. You were gonna be done with acting. I was done. 100%. How old are you at this point? Twenty seven, twenty eight. Twenty seven, twenty eight, and that was the. I was done. You're not. You're not in the. You're not really in the room. It's fake. It's like a Ponzi scheme. It's. It's something. Something's fake's going on. You're never really reading and you're never really in contention. You can feel it. You have to like, I don't know what home run I'd have to hit in order to to bump out of this glass ceiling. But I'm I've I've wasted so much time. I need a new avenue. And I so so I rang my then uh agent and was like, I'm fucking done. And uh I was pacing back and forth at the train station. I was like, I'm done. The way I was just spoken to, even though it wasn't my fault, I can't keep taking this. Like, uh, I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And they- That's they, brave even to say that yeah. to your agent, who's like, you know, you they want you to have confidence and have passion for this. I don't think they cared. Because they weren't <laughs> really? like super high up. They were mainly commercial agent and they really booked a lot of at like commercials. So it, it wasn't like I was with- united or someone who you know <laughs> they they were kind of like oh all right like it wasn't like a big deal Rose having a breakdown. yeah exactly yeah. well and they knew i'd come back or something i don't know maybe we all do it <laughs> at some point come back yeah. yeah yeah so they were like well you know hold that thought take the weekend i'm sorry that you had a bad time in the meantime we have just got an audition for you for a pilot for rob thomas it's called i zombie and this was, happened at the same time. At the same train station. Acting. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and it, they said, I zombie. And I was like, sounds shit. Um, <laughs> it sounds like Sounds shit. terrible. What does it mean? Yeah. Is it a fucking app? What is this? Right. Like, and, and they were like, it's a comic book. It's a pilot for the CW. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And they sent the sides. And I looked at it and I attacked it in a way I wouldn't have attacked it that weekend. I attacked it in a point to prove way that I was 
capable that I had something to offer that I that I could do this do I, I I like I'm not just filling in the numbers what was it what did you do I just I don't know I just studied in a way I never studied before I drew I drew lines like when you you know when you sketch out an audition and the character I feel like sometimes it's sometimes it's in like light pencil if that makes sense and other times you ink it yeah and you walk in and it's and they're like whoa and it yep. can work for you or against you right. but for some reason it was it was inked it was finished inside of you is brought to you by rocket money i love rocket money you know why because everyone should have rocket money because it just helps you save money how many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money just throwing away money ryan i i found one you and you did it you told I me found, i got rocket money okay i found one it i'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on but thank you for finding it <laughs> my god it was embarrassing <laughs> yeah because it's like you want to watch some show and you go oh, i have to subscribe to this uh this streaming uh, whatever mm -hmm. and you you start streaming the show you watch it you leave and you forget after this trial period, it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire 
and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You sort of had, I've had this, but it's it's a rare thing when you just, you're sort of like, fuck it. Yeah. Rarely do we ever say, fuck it. We care too much. We need it. We've got to get the so high. We, the stakes are high. We need yeah. to make money. We need to impress people and prove ourselves. And and you were at a position where you were like, I'm going to fucking quit anyway. And then I got this. And you know what? Fuck it. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. You had this for certain mentality or, or your energy was yeah. just... What do I have to lose? Exactly. There was no stakes anymore. I didn't need to book this pilot. It was done. Like, who? Rob Thomas. Okay, cool. I've met other showrunners or auditioned for them. Who cares? Right. I don't care. All I care about right now is going in and fucking knocking an audition out of the park because I feel like it. Because I, I, I need it for me. I need it for my confidence. I don't need the job. Right. I just want to make some noise. And I hit it that weekend in a way I never hit it before. And this was a really, I've said this before in, um, in something, but it's a really good note for other actors about their auditions if they're watching. I couldn't wait to perform it. And I hadn't felt like that in a long time. Wow. Like show and tell. Usually you're afraid of it. Yeah. And I you're was like, I it. can't wait to fucking Monday. What time? Two o'clock? Can't wait. Because <sighs> I knew it was good. And I knew I put work into it. And I get to the audition. I remember the character brief. It said highly caffeinated. That was the character brief. This character is Scotty. He's a highly caffeinated uh, medical examiner. Scotty? Scotty from Star Trek. Ah. He's ah. that he's that kind of like he's the brains and uh, he's a little yeah, bit yeah, bigger yeah. than gotcha, life gotcha. and all of this stuff. So I get it, I get it ready, I get it up on its feet. I remember like showing it to my family and stuff like that, and they they liked it. I'd never done that before. Wait, either. you showed them your audition? I've never done that before. Wow. Yeah. Because it was this big monologue. It was the opening scene that the, the it's one of the it's from the it's the first time the character gives basically exposition about who they are, where they're from, what's going on, and they found out that the character's a zombie or whatever. Right. So it's this big, big chunk of dialogue. And um on the train ride to like central London, I started to doubt myself. And I was like, audition's too big. You're too big. You're too caffeinated dial it back and by the time i've walked to the front door of the audition uh the casting director's place i've talked myself out of doing it what you wanted big, to do yeah as big and fast as i could do it so i started to dial it back and this is the the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire fucking life where my career is concerned the room i sat in i chose a seat randomly i sat here and the casting director's assistant's computer was there Okay, and everyone was in the room and we we're all sitting there and it was every brown dude from England. We all looked the same and we we're all sitting there and I could see on her screen she was cutting together other tapes and I could see multiple tapes. 
and they were playing. People that she liked. Or she was just cutting together together the auditions. And none of them, even though I couldn't hear audio, none of them were moving. And I was like, oh shit, none of them are highly caffeinated. No one's got any big energy. Everyone's brought it down. You could see from their energy during their tape, they're like this. And they're just- And you're like, everybody's doing this. Everyone's doing it. So I went, fuck that, go back, do, do what you could do. Do it fast. It doesn't matter if you trip up, do it. So being able to see a computer, I was like, all right, I'm going to do what's on Wait, wait. So this computer saved you? Yeah. Like Just seeing where I sat, this. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have, I talked myself out of it. I was like, it's too big. You're going wow. too fast. It's not, it's not right. And I could see the screen. And then, like I said, I could see everyone else's energy without even hearing the dialogue was wrong. I go in the room, name, Roll Coley, cool, age, da, da, slate, sit down. Bang, I hit it. The minute it starts and I, and I, I didn't trip. And I got through the two pages of this this fucking dialogue. I remember the casting director sat back and she went, have you auditioned for me before? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. She was like, how long have you been doing this for? I was like, eight years. And she was like, where have you been? And I remember her saying that. And then I felt this like adrenaline rush. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. She likes me. She likes me. She goes, do you have a green card? Uh, like, are you passport valid and everything? So your heart starts pounding. And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. She was like, wow, okay, cool. Uh, well, thank you so much. We'll speak to you later. Day later, Rob Thomas had notes. Come back in. Gives me a different scene. I do it. Now it's Wednesday. I do that scene. Friday, I signed the contract. I got the one of the lead roles in iZombie. One week from the 24 audition. Seven days. And one then, week from the worst audition of your life where you thought, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And a week later, mm-hmm. your life has changed. Mm-hmm. There more money than I'd ever signed for. It wasn't great. Obviously, it's starting wage on a- It's better than retail, it's probably, than retail, right? Absolutely. Signed for a pilot, never shot one before. I had more dialogue in scene one of iZombie than I had in the previous eight years in everything I'd done, even in student films. Were you nervous about oh, getting yeah. the role? Were you nervous about being on film and oh, actually yeah. doing this? And like, this is your first job and look at all the work I have to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went hard. I, I They started the- the pilot, I was one of the last people cast because they had trouble finding the character. Uh, sorry, the actor. So they had already had cast dinners. So I didn't even get the ease in. Right? You didn't get to meet everybody no. and kind of have, they were like, oh, who's this guy? Let's see what he can do. Yeah. And I, Rob was Jeez. so impressed with the tape. I bypassed all network auditions, screen tests, chemistry, everything. Everything else that all my other castmates who were established went through, I didn't do any of them. It was that tape and then i found myself on a phone call with rob who just sort of spoke to me about the character i went away for three weeks studied like a madman showed up on set and they had given me 12 pages on my first day how long did you have to learn them i had about three weeks okay, i knew so i knew were, i knew that and they weren't changing the lines weren't no, changing no, this no, is no. What rob rob locks them in there are very few rewrites right um rob rob thomas is super prepared like so but like I said, first scene of the day, even though we were shooting about four or five in the morgue, my first one was more dialogue than I'd ever been able to handle before. And then on, for some reason on my, f- I think it was a Friday was my first day in Vancouver. I'd never even left. I hadn't been on this side of the Atlantic. So there was a lot of new things going on, flu business class, staying at the Sutton, 
I'm like, what the fuck's getting those headphones from the CW? Nice new headphones with a with a card that says welcome. I never got fucking headphones. You didn't get headphones no, for No, I was on their network for fucking... <laughs> I did so many shows for them, and I never got any. I mean, I might have got a jacket once. I think that's the only time I ever... I, it set the bar, and then everyone I've worked with... Like, Netflix just gave me essential oils for the House of Oh, <laughs> well. So. Well, didn't you do... Well, you also did uh, Bly Manor yeah. for Netflix. Yeah, they gave me... What did they give us? I can't. I know that Usher was the essential oils. We got Midnight Mass for Netflix. Midnight Mass for Netflix. Yeah, but the the headphones was the best thing I ever got. They were like high quality earbuds, better really? than I had, and it was a welcome card. And it's never been as good as that wow. since. But my first day awesome. on iZombie, uh, twelve pages, eleven pages. For some dumb reason, DC Comics were there. It was their day to visit the set. And it's your first day. First day. Uh, Chris Robertson and his wife and child, the creator of the comic book, was also there with DC in Video Village. Rob and all the producers and some CW executives were all in on day one. And I they, mean, how do you fucking do that? I would have been a nervous wreck. You like... What did you do? What, what did you... You did, kill it. Are you doing your figurines <laughs> at that yeah. point? I'm just sitting there just rapidly like, painting to calm down. What's he doing over there? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, when someone's that when, when you when you pushed into a corner like that, you don't it's push, awesome. Yeah, you don't you, push baby in the corner. You, you you fight back. You fight back. Yeah, and I hit it hard again. It was just like it was another one. It was it's the most strength I've ever shown, and I haven't tapped into that since. <laughs> like I'm back to being this coward, lazy bastard. But like for some reason, whoever that guy was for a few weeks changed my life. I'm still trying to find him again. Well, you can't be that lazy when you're working with Mike Flanagan. You, what I know from Mike <laughs> Flanagan, I've talked to him. I've talked to Kate Siegel, yeah. his wife, who's been in everything. Um, when you watch these shows, you know that you're going to get monologues, and yeah. he's not cutting away. No, it's on you, and that is a lot of pressure for an actor. I've talked about this before. Yeah, but you, it seems like you cannot be lazy. You have to do. More work when you work for Mike Flanagan than anybody else, it seems like. Well, you do, and then he'll keep hiring you. So you can be lazy. Like, <laughs> like he like if he likes you, right. then you get the call and he's like, hey, I wrote this character for you. I mean, there's nothing more awesome to like get the call when you're like, oh, when are we shooting? And then the deal comes through. Um, but did you have any idea when you got to set that you're like, oh my God, he wants a one -er. Yeah, he, he, he would tell you. He, he, he does. He, I mean, he's for sure the actor's director. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and he spoils you. And he's given me. I'm going to blame him. He's made me bad behave, uh, badly behave towards other. I've become impatient because <laughs> I'm like, why aren't you giving me notes like Mike? Why are you not telling what's going on? And I've managed to put a lid on it, but it's definitely there because I've been spoiled with the last. He's, two what years. is it about Mike's direction? Is he specific? extremely like, specific he's like a fucking surgeon man it's like he knows he's a people person uh, he's got wonderful social skills and i think that's probably one of the most important things for a director's communication right? right i think most of our frustrations come from communication and mike what works for me won't work for you won't work for them won't work for that and mike knows exactly what everyone likes he knows that this person needs a sit down coddling yeah Coddled. This person needs a, a jab in the room. This person needs to be like, fuck off, you got it, let's go. Yeah, and he does that. So everyone gets this like different version of Mike. I I can get 
over i don't know like i i don't like overly long notes and like i'm not i we haven't yet like even when we've had character meetings because he likes to meet with you and break down the character before they usually derail into like talking about star wars we don't talk <laughs> about the character yeah. we just have fun so he kind of already got the idea that oh, he doesn't he's not gonna sit there he's just and, fun he wants he supports you he wants you to do great so just come and do great yeah everybody's gonna yeah. have a good time so his notes tend to be with me bullet points we'll do a scene and then mike will come over and he'll take me aside and he's like and it's as concise as it can be it's almost like yeah what if it wasn't and you go oh and it just it's the like it's the opposite of sudden, thing you were thinking of. yeah and it changes the day and you're and then he disappears like a fucking magician and you're like <laughs> what if it wasn't i hadn't considered it if it being the other way and then you yeah. do it and then it's and and i love that i love that he doesn't he doesn't crowd me he doesn't he doesn't try to school me he he's so encouraging and um but we we started with blind manor which was uh, i didn't know th i, I I knew Mike's. I'm not a horror fan. I'm a diehard horror. Fan. I'll look around you, Evil Dead post. Yeah, the thing, Aliens, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, that's huge not me. horror fan. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't watched anything. I hadn't watched The Shining oh, when I met. Have him. you seen it now? Yeah, because oh we God. he did a screening of Doctor Sleep. Yeah, so I was yes, like, oh, yes. I should watch the first. Did you like The Shining? Yeah. You didn't love it. I had issues. Would you have issues? Oh, let me guess. The issue is Jack became too evil too fast. He was he was a psycho in the meet interview. Oh, he was kind of like yeah. He was like it starts with him and he's like he's gonna kill his fam. Like in the in the in, job interview, I'd have been like, uh. well, the guy does look at him and go, well, Mister Torrance, there is one more thing. Um, there was a man. He came up here with his family. Um, he was the caretaker. He was a good man. No one ever had a problem with him. But somewhere along the line, he had what some people get. It's called cabin fever and. He uh, he chopped his daughters up with an axe and blew his brains out with a shotgun. Well, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yes, he got he, he's, he gets, just, he's there already. He's got those eyes. Yeah. And he's like, but there's a also a great line where where uh, I, I'm such a nerd. But what's her name? Shelly DeLong comes in the room and she goes, Jack, Jack, someone's here at the hotel. They hurt Danny. And he just looks at her and goes. You out of your fucking mind. <laughs> it just always killed me. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Who am I to sit here and, and slag off Kubrick? No. But I, I, I got to watch it. Like I said, I mean, I watched it and I, I had some issues with it. Um, I did feel like, I'm, I mean, I'm, no one's ever going to trust me where talking about Mike's work's concerned. But <laughs> it felt like Dr. Sleep was a really cool firmware update. That kind of like patched some of the things I had issues with when I saw oh, it. I, I thought right. it, it, it like, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I think I have an understanding that King really liked Doctor Sleep too because he felt like it patched some of his right, issues. Right, because he had major problems with The Shining. Yeah, major problems yeah. with Kubrick. So, um, but but I had to do like, uh, I don't know, a whole lifetime's worth of like getting used to horror. So the first thing, so I booked Blind Manor and I wasn't like offered it or anything. I had just finished iZombie and I was scared. You probably watched Haunting of Hill House. That as research. Did. As research, yeah, right. I booked it first. So I I knew of the the Hill House because of that one that episode. Like I remember it being like going viral on Twitter. And did you know that, that this is five sh scenes stitched together and that's the whole episode. So I knew it from a, from a filmmaking point of view, but I didn't. I never watched was it. Was that the one in the funeral home? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, because that episode became like well-known just like, yeah. I remember the making off was posted on on Twitter. So that's how I was aware of it. Um, but I, I, I zombie finished and then it's the, you know, can you make magic happen again and book another role? Can you book role number two? Because <laughs> that lasted for five years. Right. Um, and I was terrified. Uh, you were terrified of what? Not having a show. Of what's next? What's next? Where do I go? Well, you saved your money and, you know, you think... No. You, you didn't. <laughs> no. I thought I, I, par I went mental. Are you a partier? I was. You were a partier. Yeah. When you say party, drugs, alcohol... Not drugs. I'm, I was never really a, uh, on the drug scene. I, I'd never lived away from home, and I'd never really had disposable income. And I zombie shot in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. By the way, a lot of our crew were uh, ex Smallville. Oh man, Scott Graham was our live oh, producer. Wow. I love Scott. He still He's owes me money. Yeah, does he? <laughs> he does. He owes me money on a hockey game. We said that you know the Rangers had a better record at the end of the season than the Maple Leafs. Thousand dollars. He owes me a thousand. <laughs> Scott yeah. Gray. He never paid me back. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. It is. And he yeah. was, it wasn't like the guy was poor. He's he's on Riverdale now. Is he? Yeah. So I'll find him. Yeah. I'll find him. I know I love where he is. Him. I know that where he is. tall, lanky <laughs> bastard. I know. But go ahead. about the So about being oh, in Vancouver. Yeah. And, and so yeah. So like, just so you know, whenever we were doing iZombie, I love the, the prop truck had the S logo because it was smart. Really? From, yeah, small, so it was all X Smallville because it's it's Scott, right? So I yeah. always felt this closeness to you guys because you were the benchmark because everyone spoke so highly of, of Smallville while we were shooting. Oh, man. Yeah. We had a good time. It was, yeah. it was it could be intense. Sure. It could be very intense doing 22 episodes a year. Fucking and Being up in Vancouver and it's raining all the time and it's gray skies, as you know, yeah. which probably get, prompted you to drink. It did. <laughs> It did. It did. It does. And it's, it's yeah, it's super privileged problems. I get it. But, you know, it what turned into like a blow off steam Friday turns into a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you you drink a lot heavily. Heavily. Every day. Yeah. Like how, what's heavily? Like what's one day of drinking? I mean, it wasn't like. Five, eight beers? Oh, no. It would have been like, uh, I would do half a bottle of jameson half a bottle and of jameson then, and then like vodka sodas along you with can it. drink that much i was at that time i'm a lightweight now and you're like 32 at this point yeah i was between 28 and yeah 28 and 33 was the and years. you could still learn all your lines mm -hmm. do all your shit mm -hmm. come prepared mm -hmm. be a pro i couldn't keep the weight off though inside of you is brought to you by patreon patreon that's that's my podcast. My podcast. You can support the podcast by going to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash inside of you. I will leave you a message afterwards. Patreon is an awesome place to meet people. Uh, a lot of people become friends on there. It's a platform to talk about podcasts. My podcasts, I hope. Um, there's different tiers. Some people I give boxes of merch and I write a little letter at the end of every couple months to them. Uh, there's different things for different people, but... Overall, I love the support um, that my fellow patrons give me. Uh, if you want to get early access to episode content, check out the Patreon. If you want to interact with other fans on the show, check out the Patreon. If you want to get exclusive access to have your questions asked during the show, check out the Patreon. 
I mean, if you just love what we do and you want to keep this train rolling, just check out the Patreon. Check out the Patreon, will you? For the love of God. I, I Literally, I wouldn't be here without you folks, and that's all I'm going to say. Join Patreon. Thank you. Patreon.com slash inside of you. Support the podcast. I'll write you a message right after. Yeah, I saw on Twitter you were very brave. You put a before <laughs> and after picture of like him ripped up and, and before you were a little, you know, you're a little pudgy. You, oh, weren't, yeah. you weren't like, I was you a know, big you boy. Weren't, I don't think you were a big boy. You were just a little overweight. Yeah. A little, a little sloppier. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then you were like in shape. Yeah. But to show that, it's kind of like I have times where I'm like, I hope nobody sees me. But you sure. kind of like put it out there. That's nice. It's, I, I, yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's, it, but some people can still misinterpret that because they're like, well, you know, they, everyone thinks that they have such a, a misconception of what we do, how much money we make and how much studio help you have. Mm -hmm. So I think public perception is as well. Of course, if you're on a Marvel show or you're this, they have the the farm and everything's taken care of. I could get into shape. And it's like, no, nah, I was just fat. <laughs> I needed to be in shape for Mike's thing. So I- He asked you to be in shape for it? No. It was just a- Choice. I, I thought it was unprofessional of me to show up on set in that shape. For that character, it wasn't a character. It wasn't that the character was ripped. for the sheriff or a blind manor for Usher. Oh, this is new. this is new. Yeah, the fall of the house of Usher. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't in actor shape. I think there's a level of like shape. We, I'm 36 years old. I shouldn't be showing up to set like that yet. I'm sure there'll be one, one <laughs> yeah. day where I'll happily just be, they'll be like, fucking hell. Yeah, that's what we need. And they're not going to say anything, but right. that's not the, it's not the world that I'm in right now. And it's not what I, and I, I, Mike's relationship with myself, he's definitely taken me under. It feels like he's taken me under his wing slightly. Well, Kate says the kids call you rubble. Rubble. Yeah. I mean, they love you, <laughs> right? They got the they, they're living in a Pixar movie. Their kids are straight out of a Pixar movie. They break like as soon as you see them and talk to them, you feel like she you're... was like he loves kids. He loves kids. Love him. Like, yeah. Do you want to have kids? Absolutely. You do. Yeah, absolutely. I I feel like the job right now, any type of responsibility is tough because I'm approaching. I just got. I was about to say bad news. I'm, like, I'm gonna get trash for this. Um, a show that I auditioned for there was a, a, a i did a pilot recently and um it's not mike it was like my team were like hey you should maybe think about also collaborating with other people and i'm like no um <laughs> but then they had this they had this pilot and it was it was great um and here's the selling point uh decent money shoots in la when do you ever fucking hear that? Never, and I was like, never. I'm going to shoot in Los Angeles. At this point, I did five years in Vancouver. Then I did Bly Manor and a couple of others, Midnight Mass, Usher. They're Vancouver. all Vancouver. Yep. So I'm approaching nine years. This is my ninth Sound year. Sound like me. Yeah, we could have made Supernatural or, or Smallville. <laughs> Together. I did seven years <laughs> of Smallville. I did two years of Impastor. I did a movie there. So I'm about nine, nine, You're nine in the, ten in the years. Nine years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it, it, I kick myself because like I've never known that I was going to be there that long. Like maybe on Smallville, you guys knew you you were coming back, right? Or were you Not always really. on the they, bubble? They, they always said, "Well, we don't know, we don't know." But uh, yeah, they never gave us like a, like all of a sudden Supernatural picked up for two more seasons already, and this is picked up for another. Right? Yeah. They never did that with us. Oh, so you're the same? Yeah, we're the same. We were the bubble. We found out the night before the upfronts. I every hate year. That's so disrespectful. Dude. Just and it's, fucking come on. Like you you've, know, you've moved, you know. you've packed. Yeah. 
you've left. You've come back to your place and they you're wanna, going. They want to put you in your place. They want you to know that, you know, you think they're, that's they're what powerful is? and you're not. And they'll give you, I'll tell you when you're working and, you know, don't ask for more yeah. money. You're lucky to be that we're getting picked up. And I don't know. I, I, I feel like that sometimes. It, it probably is. It, it, you look back at it and people go to you, oh man, you should have bought a property when you're out there. Why? <laughs> Why would I have bought a fucking property on a show called <laughs> iZombie that had a 0.2 in the Nielsen ratings? And was a bubble show that had one billboard in five years on Sunset, and that's the that was the marketing budget. Why would I have ever considered this has got legs? This is gonna fucking go. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a property. Yeah. Of course, I pissed it away and I didn't care. And I was like, living to every year was a goodbye. Every year we said goodbye to the crew. We said goodbye to each other. And then May, the upfronts, you would hear apparently they gave Rob a call and said, we might be coming back. And then it, so you're always rebooking that show and then moving back out. So it's a fucking upheaval. You, I've lived in, you live in a different apartment every time. Yeah. With the same fucking leasing agents trying to get a furnished plate. We're all just interchanging. Yeah. One's over there in Yale town. And then the other one's over, you're just doing the same shit. <laughs> just and mix it up. Yeah, just mix it up. And then when I auditioned, I got out of that, when I auditioned for Bly Manor, it was uh, England. I believe was the audition. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'll work at home. I'll go back and work. And I book it and uh, from a tape that I just did. And and um, I got the part of Blind Manor and then my agent called me and she was giggling. You're going back. You're going back to Vancouver. And I was fucking done by the end of iZombie, which was February. Oh, man. And this was August, I want to say. I got the call and I, I was like, okay, it's fine. It's a good job. It's Mike Flanagan. It's Netflix. I'll be fine. And I, I went up there. And then on my first day, Mike kind of did this size up thing and said something that made me feel like, oh, I'm being sized up for something else. And then he did it again. And then he asked me something another time. He's like, how old do you reckon you could play? Like, how was the, what's the max you reckon you could, you could legitimately play? And I was like, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s. And he's like, okay. And at some point, I reached out to Mike and I was like, what's going on? And he was like, let's have a meeting. And I flew back to LA and sat down with him and he pitched me Midnight Mass in November. So I'd only, and I'd only worked on him. He only directed the pilot of Bly. So yeah. he only saw you for the pilot of Bly and then offered you the part for Midnight, Midnight Mass. Mass. Yeah. And he was like, can you do an American accent? I was like, nope. But that didn't matter. You did not. I've never done you, one. So you learned one. Kind of. It was perfect. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I, never, mean, I didn't know you were English. <laughs> no, I never, never done one. And like, I, we lost that. We didn't have a dialect coach because of COVID because we were the first show back. So you learned COVID. on your own? Yeah. Well, I had one on Zoom, but I didn't have one on set. Mike right. was Mike would come back and go, it's car. And I'd go, oh, shit. Because he, he was helping me. Because so you say car. I'd go, car. Yeah. Car. The sheriff. What? There's one scene where the sheriff does just speak English and goes, Sturge, all right. Yeah. Well, we've had a brown out. <laughs> Every time I watch that scene, I'm like, why didn't I even fucking attempt? But um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he 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 offered me that, and I knew it was Vancouver, and I was like, okay. I mean, the the show is fucking phenomenal. The pitch was amazing. I wanted so badly to play this sheriff, and we were gonna. He was like, you're gonna have three weeks. You're gonna wrap Bly. You're gonna have three weeks prep. So he tells me this in November. He's like, yeah, you're gonna have three weeks prep. We go straight into Midnight Mass. So I was talking to my team and I was like, well, uh, I'll be done by June. And 
like it's basically like almost one show i went from hill a blind manor to midnight mass without a break i can keep the same apartment it's kind of like you know it's it's easy yeah, this is a yeah. gentle I'm, I'm staying um so and the only thing mike told me in november was was uh put on weight because i was too slim and i was slim in blind manor and we wanted to look a bit bigger in age and a bit daddy so but whether he's been there he's yeah, dealing he's been with there. life he's dealing with the son's bullshit yeah, all yeah. Stuff, yeah and like we figured i figured like uh you know a you know weight makes you look older and and there's no gym on the island maybe you're a doughy sheriff now that used to be a you know a fit nypd cop so basically it was fat jason momoa i remember the first <laughs> conversation we had was like long hair had the scar beard we were going for an earthy look so from you Lyman, do look older in it yeah i mean a lot older it's oh, crazy yeah because yeah. you have some grays yeah they put them in put and some grays and in stuff. yeah but what happened was i put on 30 pounds for 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 mass of fat wow so literally midnight mass midnight mass oh yeah <laughs> and i did it the bad way because again this isn't marvel oh like i was eating mcflurries i was eating donuts i remember Not healthy no so i i got really bad health issues so what happened was I get fat in Blind Manor. You can half see it. If you start watching the back end, I'm like the aprons, like it's fucking tight. And I'm doing, I'm doing, because I've got three weeks, man. Three weeks to get this this guy up on its feet. And we we get it up on its feet. I'm now 30 pounds heavier. And then we have a table read of all fucking seven episodes of Midnight Manor. All so seven? Never done that. Yeah. In I've one day? Never done that That's before. exhausting. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I, that's like that's like seven hours. Check the date, March eleventh, twenty twenty. So we hear rumors about this COVID thing's fucking weird, isn't it? It's it's a bit more serious than we thought. We've all flown in from different places. We're sitting in this tiny room in an office, seventeen of us or whatever, just like, <coughs> all right, are we doing the next scene? And like that's the room, and we're like, this is fucking weird uh and on the the day after i got a call from trevor macy who's uh, our producer and he was like go home we're taking a two-week break because of this covid lockdown we're all on flights within an hour or two back to la and then we didn't shoot mass until august july and in that time wow so what turned into two weeks turned into like five months but now you have to keep on that weight that's exactly what happened and i was waking up in the middle of the night vomiting stomach acid swear to god it was like reflux yeah, or whatever yeah i'd like because i was still trying to keep it on and i couldn't it wasn't my frame i remember i'd go to sleep and just be like Ugh! and it would oh be like down me it'd be in the bed and like i i spoke to mike and i was like i can't do this and i remember i had a conversation with kate and and also my best friend who was a consultant on midnight mass who's our islamic consultant and being brown and like she was like, "You're a, Kate." Kate's been amazing for me, but she she was like, "You're a leading man. Why are you making it hard for them to see that?" She was like, "Be the best version of yourself on camera. Make the sheriff hot. Lose the weight. Get do whatever." And I was like, "They're right." And even my my best friend, who I said was the consultant, he was like, "Man, I want to see the hot Muslim. Why can't we have a like? Why can't you be the guy? Be the guy. Don't be fat Jason Momoa. Be the guy." So I sent Mike a picture of Joel from The Last of Us, the video game, and I was like, what do you think of this instead? This was around June-ish, like a couple months before we started filming, and he was like, I love it, do that. So I had to lose it all for no reason. So I lost it all, got as and fit as I could. And your health got went 
got better yeah i still get acid reflux even now really yeah that's never gone so even now i'm like i get it when i have like cheeseburgers before i go to bed yeah it's got it can't be late i can't now, be late. yeah that's I broke the thing that. you gotta the, hours earlier stop yeah. it yeah you never Pepto have that Ryan? really Oof, you don't want that i but, now get nervous if it's a late night snack i'm like mm, i don't want to have this at night i don't want to almost die no how how did you quit the drinking or or how did you slow down? How did you stop doing five days a week? I zombie stopped. I zombie, you stopped it for the work. As soon as the show was over, it stopped. I've never <laughs> drank like that since. What, so what do you? What was the meaning behind drinking? Being alone, being in Vancouver, being alone, being, being in Vancouver, being on that show, dealing with work politics. Um, you were depressed. Yeah, you were depressed, and the alcohol was a uh, blowing off steam, partying, just partying. And I wasn't like an alcoholic. I didn't feel like I was an alcoholic. I didn't have a problem. But then, I don't know, you look back at it and you're like, fucking hell, we used to polish off a lot of drinks. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, this, and I start hearing back the stories about things I did or places I went. And I'm like, Bad parts of hell. town. You didn't go to Hastings, did you? I went to Hastings, yeah. That's a rough area. Oh, yeah. It's a super rough area. You got to be careful on the old <laughs> Hastings. In the Hastings, yeah. You but, know, yeah. But yeah, it just, it, it went with the job. Early on, you said you're an emotional person. Mm. What does that mean? What kind of emotions? Are you, are you someone that cries a lot? Yeah. You do cry a lot. Everything. Really? Every emotion. So you you get angry often? Yep. In the same day as crying. So you could lose your shit one day and, and cry? Yeah, and be happy. Really? And have the best day. Do you, I, do you like that about yourself? No. Or is it something that you're working on so you can control that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I don't like it. You're like I don't know because like does it does it work for you? Is it? I I, I haven't figured it out yet because my mum will tell you that I've always been like that as a kid, just extremities of emotion, and then I I did need therapy after I was on me and I tried therapy for the first time and it felt cliched. Really. Like, Oh yeah, well it felt cliche to do it because I was like, of oh, course, it, of right. course, you now live in LA, and you're a little London boy, and you're sitting there going, "I think my granddad was this," and like, so it it took a while for me to feel, and I felt like I was, I was doing some really weird shit in therapy. I was so self aware. I felt of like course. I was bullshitting. Yeah, it felt yeah. like a I felt so, like I was on, in an interview. You're making them like you. Yeah. I was playing I, I've them. done that where you're just like, yeah, you know, I don't have a problem with that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it's like, so what are you up to this weekend? What'd you do? Like, yeah. This isn't, this is about you. This is about making you better. This is about getting all your demons out. Yeah. And once you can sort of relax into it and stop that bullshit and the truth starts to come out, that's when it's therapeutic. Yeah. I never got to that part. You never got to that part. No, I was still in the performing, get trying to get validation, waiting for the therapist to be like, well, I've seen your work and you're a fantastic actor. Or you're very handsome. <laughs> And I felt like I was just trying to manipulate therapy. Into, but what came from it was a mild form of a diagnosis of bipolar. Wow. Uh, called cyclo cyclothermia or something. And it was like high highs, low lows in between mass so, spending, mass part. Oh, yeah. so she asked you questions. She or he? She, yeah. yeah. She, she asked you all these questions yeah. and then said... Based on your answers, mm. I, I'm pretty certain you have bipolar mm -hmm. or a form of bipolar. And I'd like to medicate you. Did you, did it freak you out? Yeah. So what'd you say? I had, a, I had a mistrust, especially of American medicine. Right. We don't we don't yeah. shove pills down in yeah. Britain. 
We, we just go to bars and fight. And yeah, we get out. Of the, <laughs> we go to the football game and you get into a shower. Liverpool! <laughs> All right. The Beatles are from here, right? <laughs> you nailed it. That's, yeah, yeah well, that was, yeah. that was the, uh, yeah. So it was, it was like, she wanted, and then the, the, the fucking stupid actors, man. You hear that and you're like, but what if that's my juice? Right? What if that's what I'm- Makes you you. Makes me me. And I go on set and I can hit a 10 like no one else can hit a 10 in emotion. What if that's, if it's my disease? <laughs> like As long, I think the key is, as long as your lows aren't so low where it becomes dangerous for you. Right. And that's why you have to have sort of a, a mid-level, some yeah. kind of a homeostasis. For sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's like, because the highs can be wonderful, right? And the lows can just be like dismal. You're yeah. like, I don't want to be here. Absolutely. So what do you do? I don't feel like the lows ever got there to a certain degree. It's, it's I'll have bad days. I want to quit. I don't want to leave the house. I won't shower for three, four days. Like that can happen. Yeah. But it's controlled. I'm all right. I don't feel like I'm in danger to myself. I don't get abusive with my loved ones or anything like that. Do, are you somehow like aware of it? Like you're you're going through it. I feel like shit. I feel like shit. And you're like, but I have bipolar, so just be aware of it. I am now. You are now. So that was beneficial. Before it was just part of the charm, right? Before it's just I am what I am. I just killed I'm it in a midnight mass. Mood. I'm awesome. <laughs> but it was like you would just. It, it would be. It would be kind of like kind of just put down to something whimsical like he didn't eat i mean he's a scorpio or he's you know whatever he's being sassy because someone said something to him on twitter but then when i got that kind of like early like that that diagnosis i it does now i'm more open about it with people so i'll be like i'm 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 i'm, I'm having a downward one i'm cool and it's worked. So, so I'm in control. I never took medicine or anything. So, really, yeah. So I feel fine. Um, Will you work out a lot? I. It depends for it depends the job, for the role for the role. Yeah, <laughs> but don't you think that like does it help you? Because I've talked about this with other people, but working out helps the mind. It helps the body. Helps all that. So you're less depressed. Or with someone with bipolar, it doesn't really affect that. I don't feel like it. I. I, I that would be a question for other people. I think. I think I've been in a better place since I've been training. I'm definitely worse. I don't know if it's a cure, but there's- Worse in working out? like Yeah, yeah. Like you, there, I think there's an, a mood change and a bit more pep yeah. and less bad days with the gym, but it's not like night and day. It's not like I'll have a bad day and I go, you know what I need? I need, I need to do some flies. Right, right. And then I'll be great. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. But consistent training and looking after your health, of course I feel- a better version of myself and a, a better worker but um yeah the news i got was that show which is so after midnight mass and then <clears throat> usher vancouver by the way what's the fall of usher about it's a edgar allen edgar poe, poe right? yeah. yeah it's mike's mike is i don't uh, remember what it was about though it's i think it was the fall of an usher it was about a guy <laughs> who visits an usher and the usher is got a sister I look really bad. I'm in the midst of filming and my no, reception. No, 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 It doesn't matter. As long as it, you know your part, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Um, uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it's it's Mike's done it with Shirley Jackson with the Hill House and he did it with um, uh, Henry James with Turn of the Screw. 
he's a, he's doing his adapt, uh, adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe in the fall of the house of Usher. Um, wow. and, um, it's, it's great. I mean, we knew he does this thing where just as you're getting ready to do one job, Mike tells you about the one that's around the corner that he's thinking of you like four. Really? Yeah. So I remember midnight mass once we were kind of up and filming, he was like, there's show. this role yeah. in Fall of House of Usher. And he drops that seed in your life. Do you like, love when that... he does that? It's like a little gift, isn't it? Absolutely. What he a gift. He did it on the meeting for Usher. He dropped another one and I was like, really? And then Wait, we yeah, don't there's another about... one after this maybe? Yeah. And that's what You my... can't tell what that is. Though. Sure. But yeah, he, do, he always, I feel like he's done that consistently with me, which is like, you know, hey, welcome. So, you know, how you feeling? How you feeling about the character? Cool. By the way here's this other thing for you to think about and you're like what uh so he, but um but yeah so usher's up in vancouver so I, I flew in but uh as i got to the airport uh lax on thursday they the they rang to say congrats show's been picked up this pilot the uh only difference is uh it's not shooting in la anymore we're moving production to vancouver and i spiraled I think you should talk to your therapist and get on meds for the bipolar. Do you reckon? No. I, I don't know what to, I'm not a doctor. It was a joke because, you know, you're going back to Vancouver. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. Uh, I feel like Vancouver, yeah, I, I need to I need to address whatever it is about Vancouver. It's just, it's look, we love Canada. I do. I, I love, love I love, Canada. The city. I love Vancouver. It's great to visit. And I would say maybe to live. But like it's so gray all the time and rains. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. In the world. You Absolutely. have to go to Vancouver. Yeah. For a month. Yeah. But if you want to move there, right, here's the key. Know that you want to move there. Know that this is what you can expect. Yeah. This I, is what you're expecting. Right? I've, I've somehow moved there for a decade against my will. <laughs> That's the issue. And I think it could have been any city. It could have been, it could have been Atlanta. It could have been anywhere in the world. But it's just the fact that it, it's... It's like a running gag now, and it's like, you know, yeah, it's Vancouver. So I'm, I, I wrap Usher, I'll leave and pack, come home, stay in LA for a month or two, and then I'm back up for their autumn winter. Yeah, it, but Hollywood you, but problems, great. You know what? You're getting roles exactly. that every actor would want. It's, it's true. Like if I was going up there to shoot some shitty series. I'd be fucking miserable. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. I don't care. People say, well, well you're, you're working. I, I don't care. If it's not good, I don't want to do it. Do you want to do work that's not good? I don't. Mm -hmm. That's just me. It doesn't mean everybody. Some people like to work on shitty shows. They're all for it. I'd rather not do that. Same. Make, making a point. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but, hold on. but is it is it any worse than England, though? <laughs> no. That's no, kind of similar. It's the same. Identical. On the weather app. Day by day, they just vary a degree or two, and it's both. It's the same. <laughs> so it's where you're from. It's where I'm from, which makes me more angry, because LA. At least the weather is always nice. Oh God, it is beautiful, and it. And I don't want to be that person, but like, you can't help when you get out of LAX and it's behind you, and the shit show's done, and you finally, you, you know, your cab or whatever pulls up outside, and you step out and you hit palm that. trees, yeah. And Blue skies yeah. and smog. And smog. I mean, even, the smog, smog. even the smog. And you're just like, you're just like, it. I'll oh. take it. Yeah. The air quality is 20% today. I'm like, I don't <coughs> give a fuck. Nah, sun's out. Yeah. 
and it, it does it changes my attitude and um uh, that there's when we did the pilot i i remember freaking out and saying things that again very privileged problems but like little things that other people probably don't consider and i was like i woke up in my own bed got changed out of my wardrobe made a coffee on my coffee machine got into my car and drove to set do you know how fucking precious that is like all i did was wake up in my own space mm. that was it. it means a lot it means a super yeah, it's crazy it's a big deal yeah as opposed to where what i'm doing on usher right now which is waking up in the sutton that's depressing <laughs> you should have <laughs> rent, you should have rented somewhere yeah i should have that's the one year i didn't but i'm okay with it but because it's it's not as a it's not as long a commitment but like being in a hotel room and and FaceTime, you know what I mean? You're just, mm -hmm. you're never comfortable in your own skin. No. You know, you're living out of a Constantly suitcase. Constantly ordering food, room service. Room service, yeah. The same shit, the chicken noodle soup mm -hmm. and the grilled cheese sandwich. They still do the chicken noodle they soup. They still yeah. do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I like them. They were always very kind. It's funny because uh, there was a kid that picked on me back in school. So that was my... Um, my name, what's it called? My alias name that I used. Was chicken noodle hotels. soup? No, not chicken noodle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it wasn't chicken noodle. But it was called, my name was whatever. And let's let's say for all shits and giggles, it was it was uh, Toggles. My name was Toggles. My, you know, the guy that picked on me was Toggles. Or Toggly. Toggly. John Toggly was his name. I'm, I'm getting to a point. <laughs> and my brother was with me at the hotel. And as I walked in the hotel... The guy, the uh, the manager looked at me and goes, good morning, Mr. Togley. And he started laughing because he knew it was, a, it was the name of the guy the that kid kicked from on school, me yeah. in school. So he loved that. It's like, good morning, Mr. Togley. And I forgot <laughs> I told him that. And it was just like, but it was a funny moment. All right. It's, by the way, I'm saying it right. It's Rahul Kohli. Kohli. Yeah. It's not. It, Rahul Kohli. Yeah. Rahul, but you say it fast. I do. Yeah. But, it's, but Rahul, was it Rahul? No, there's an H. Rahul. See, I was right. There you go. Rahul Kohli. Yeah. Kohli, Rahu Kohli. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rahu Kohli. Yeah. This is sh called shit talking with Rahul Kohli. <laughs> yeah. This is my, these are my patrons. This is a thing called patron and my patrons give back to the podcast yeah. and they really support it and they're awesome. And some of them get to ask questions. Go to patreon.com slash inside of you. Right. That's what it is. All right, here we go. Rapid fire. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Leanne asks, what is your all-time favorite horror movie? Well, being that he doesn't watch horror movies, <laughs> but you got to have one. 28 Days Later. Does that count? Sure. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it was fantastic. 28 Days Later, and then there was 28 Weeks Later. Mm -hmm. Did you like that one? It was all right. It was all right. Yeah. Michelle K., how do you decide which projects to go after? What attracts you to certain ones? Character. 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 Not even story. Character. By the way, how important was it, the 9-11 monologue you had in Midnight Mass? How important was that? It's a real, it was a real, uh, Mike wrote it from an article. From a, a real person. Yeah, it was someone else's story. Uh, it was a police officer spoke about uh, working for the NYPD uh, post 9-11. Uh, so one of the first things that Mike had sent to me along with the scripts was read this article. Um, and it was, these are real things that happened and the suspicion and um oh shit maybe they their plan was to infiltrate us and then they flipped and like um yeah it was a, it was a super important jumping off point was it hard to do that monologue yeah it was that was one of the toughest days i've ever worked in my entire life was that a couple pages of monologue it was originally five five or six pages it was american accent again never done one before didn't have a dialect coach on set um it was the day blind manor launched 
Mm. Um, and it was, I was told, uh, one, a slow pushing. So I knew it, we weren't going to break it up and cut into it. So I knew that if I fucked up pronunciations of one word, it's staying because we're doing it. And huh, Mike yeah. has a zero ADR rule on set. How many takes? Three. I think. How many three. pages? Five originally. I think it was it was longer. I think it got cut down a bit. There's a good there's a good chunk missing. But, but did it, they give you ample time when it's cut down? Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So yeah. you had a couple of weeks to. Work oh, I mean, out. I I had that. I had that. All the scripts from Mike are done and given to you months before you start production. Leah S. Loved you in Blind Manor and Midnight Mass. Any stories you could tell us about working with Mark Hamill and Fall of the House of Us? <laughs> it just happened. I, I know you can't do it, can you? Yeah. It was, a, it was, I mean, I became an actor because of Star Wars. You became an actor because of Star Wars? That's it. I was did 11, you tell him that? Yeah. What did he say? I, he said... I've heard that before. He said that I'm glad... <laughs> I haven't shared this with anyone. Um, we had our first... My first day was with Mark um and when we got into like you know between takes and stuff you talking I, I told him and he sat back and he was like really and i was like yeah 11 years old got the box set and made a decision i wanted to be a part of this world so i learned the tools to get into this world and he said well i'm glad we made something that uh made you become an actor because i think you're brilliant and i what? got very emotional and i was like oh that yeah did I had you to, get emotional yeah yeah, that's good. Uh, Eleven, like I could tell, you, you're a little bit almost emotional yeah, now remembering it. it. It's um, you did it. You did the thing. It's a, it's something validating about setting a goal. And I didn't do the thing because I haven't done Star Wars. I got something a little bit better than that because who's to say you'd ever even get to work with Luke Skywalker, right? And then you're talking to the, the you're talking to the guy, and the guy says, "Hey, I like you. You're great, and I'm glad that we set you on a journey." It's better than uh, a role in Booker Boba Fett. <laughs> Is it though? I, I made but, a promise I'd never talk shit about a Star Wars project live. I won't, I won't talk <laughs> shit, but I will say Mandalorian's a lot better. Mandalorian's fantastic. It's just, you know what it is? It's character. The character you care about more. I just really cared about the Mandalorian. I care about little Yoda. Yeah. I care about like the characters. Um, Book of Boba Fett has some great moments, mm. but it's 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 not character driven. I, I feel like the Boba Fett we wanted to see a show off is called The Mandalorian. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like, that's, that's what we wanted. Like, wait a minute, Boba Fett. The Mandalorian's kind of like Boba Fett. Let's just keep that. It's yeah. Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Raj. Was your family supportive of your choice to pursue an acting career? Anyone try to discourage you along the way? yes i was very fortunate i think my mum was probably the most apprehensive because she knew i was a bit of a fuck up and like i don't know if he's got the discipline or the smarts to, to do this so she was nervous for me but it was from a place of love not right not like embarrassed she was just worried worried i think mum does the worrying dad was like you just dropped out of school to what you want to be an actor? Have you thought this through? Do you know what you're doing? No. And then the next day he came up with a brochure for an acting school and said, well, if you're going to do it, do it fucking properly. Learn the tools of your trade. So wow. that was dad. Yeah. That must have felt good. Yeah. And it, it, it was like, I don't care what you do, just do it properly uh, and do it right. And the, the matriarch of our family was my grandmother who, you know, old Indian lady, been through 
crazy stuff and 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 i was she always had certain affection for me in particular of all her grandkids from jump she was like i got you i support you so i i was very fortunate i didn't i know a lot of people within the community particularly like south asian communities you go into very specific job sets and the arts isn't one of them um so i was definitely kind of seen as a bit of a an idiot by the kind of more extended family and community. I think everyone in my family thought I was an idiot. For doing it? Still, no, still. Oh, just, just in, in general. general. <laughs> still thinks yeah. that way. Yeah. I, uh, it's, I, I'm still dealing with the fact that because now I've done it and I, I did what I said I'd do, I find it very difficult to be fake around the people I know didn't believe in me. And I'm like, oh, that you'd like what? Someone at your workplace likes my show and you want to sign something? <laughs> Shove it up your fucking ass. <laughs> do you say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dickhead. I don't care. I'm not. Who who can you cry? This is my question. Who do you cry in front of the most? Who can you cry in front of the most? I'll cry in front of anyone. Anyone? You'd cry in front of me. Yeah. You don't care if you were emotional don't about care. something. You'd cry. I cried in front of Mike uh, over pizza. <laughs> like I don't care. Uh, it's there. It's it's real. I've never been discouraged from it. Uh, my my parents. I've never been discouraged from showing emotion and even ugly cries. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, even ugly cries. I don't care. Good for you, man. That's probably why you're such a good actor. You don't give a shit. I can't do it on cue, though. <laughs> so it's useless you can for work. with the glycerin. That's true. Yeah, the you little blow in your eyes. Yeah, but it's uh, I it's it doesn't really help with work. It's just I don't I don't care. Uh, last thing is more of a statement. Omar says your performance in Midnight Mass was outstanding. Sheriff Hassan's monologue on why he became a cop was one of the most powerful and important moments of TV I saw last year. So, yeah, you obviously are having an impact on people. It's it's yeah. I didn't expect the worst kind of I've I've ever felt about a project and a work I've done is is Sheriff Hassan. Like I, I thought I fucked it, and I didn't speak to the cast during filming. I had really the worst imposter. Syndrome. Robert Longstreet, who was in that, who I is a dear he friend of mine. Love. He, told he him. loves you. I know you just had dinner with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just says you're so good. You're so committed to the role. You're oh, so. Uh, you didn't talk to the rest of the cast during the. No. Because you know what, the character was sort of like an, an outsider. outsider. Yeah. yeah, and it was COVID. We were the first show back, one of the first shows to make a show during COVID. So. I we were already bubbling. We were already isolated. I had the worst imposter syndrome I think I've ever experienced in my entire career. I didn't feel like there was a safety net for me. Um, Mike gave me enough. So he, Mike was good enough that I never spiraled in a way that we're capable of spiraling, but I was still on the fucking edge. Yeah. And I've never experienced this before. Like we'd finish a scene and I'd sit in my chair two hours. I was crying, head in my hands. I'm like, I'm putting my worst work to screen and there's nothing I can do. You really thought it was your worst 100%. work? 100%. I mean it. Like, it's not like, it's not some flowery way to then be like, and then it came out. No, it was the work. Mike knew it. My, everyone everyone could feel it around me. I didn't believe in anything I was doing. And, you know, I, I'm not Muslim. I'm not American. I'm not 40. I don't have a kid. I'm so out of my depths with this character. Um and you then never know it oh dude worst i like i was considering a complete social media blackout phone uh marooning i was gonna do it the jared Isn't leto crazy what goes through your mind yeah you just like everything was coming down on you but no one 
that you it's, it's it wasn't real it's not real it's all in your head i guess i guess i mean mike knew mike wow. knew that and like i remember in somewhere like the show came out in september and and september yeah and uh around about june or something mike we were doing something for netflix and he was like you want to come watch it it's great you're great come watch it and i was like <laughs> i don't want to fucking do this did you do it yeah and me you and loved him it. in his in his theater and you loved it no you didn't no i thought the sh i i remember walking away going you didn't break the show which is a very arrogant thinking is like we're so conceited we think that our contribution we're gonna make or break it yeah. if we suck the show's done no nah, exactly so, so yeah. uh, that's when my biggest fear was you got hamish link later and kate siegel and and sam sloy and doing these incredible performances and you think you're gonna break the show that's that's the attitude i had and then i watched it and i walked away going it's fucking phenomenal despite the crap you committed to screen wow and and then the reviews came out because you get them first and then they all loved you yeah it was the isolated like you know people would like select you amongst some of the other performances and i was like no fucking shit no way I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'd never, I, 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 there was no world in which I ever thought that was possible. I remember saying out loud, the best I'm going to hope for, the best I hope for is I never, ever selected in a positive or negative. Just don't talk about me. Call it the ensemble. I'll, I'll be happy that I didn't do anything. Like I didn't break the show. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy what goes through our minds. I thought I thought sometimes too when I'm bombing or I'm embarrassed on set and I can feel like I'm not doing well and everyone's watching, everyone's like, Oh, what's wrong with Rosenbaum? Well, he used to be a good actor. He used to and I, I've I've had those things where I'm feeling so nervous and I'm blushing in the face yeah. and I, I get off set and I'm like, Oh my god, nobody's looking me in the eye. Oh my god, it was so terrible. And it's like all in your fucking head. All in your head. All Stop. In your head. I felt that on Met Mass. I was like, they're not talking to me everyone else is celebrating all the stuff and with me and they're like hey how you doing and i was like i don't have the respect of my cast i'm i'm bombing and everyone can see it i'm fucking bombing unbelievable the accent's terrible and and then it would make the accent more terrible because i wasn't i wouldn't commit certain days if i was really insecure i went you need to be free with things like that did he say something like i'm the accent i'm hearing the accent again yeah oh yeah the accent again oh yeah mike mike was fantastic i mean mike's a very gifted yeah impersonator right. he's incredible like he can do accents from around the world mike's amazing and he's a pretty fucking good actor too so he'd come over and be like you know you said dolphin wrong you put an f in it and i'd go oh shit dolphin yeah dolphin and he's like dolphin um it's just dolphin exactly so he'd do that and and that would help but now i do like i the, the the thing is is like what i didn't expect to happen was how uh the Islamic community responded. You. Yeah. How about that? That was the one. And I was like, oh, fuck the performance. I don't care. Fuck it if Americans thought I was American or didn't think I was American or whatever. I don't care. The 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 way that there were theses being written about it and it was being pointed um, to uh, by people in the community as what they'd like to see more of in terms of representation. Absolutely. That's all that mattered. And What a strong character. For the Man. community, for the world, it was just like, it's just, and you're such a soft-spoken character, mm -hmm. and you're trying to do the right thing with your son. You're trying to yeah. listen to him, but you're just like, it, 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 you got to see it. You got to see Midnight Mass. That's it was. It's it's really a great. 
character-driven story. The problem with that is, is like it wasn't rewarding because as actors, you want to come in and to feel like you did your job, you want to hit a 10, right? You want to scream, shout, fight, aggressive, yeah. and then you want to all high-five as you leave and go, you left nothing on the, you know, you left nothing out there. Oh my God, it was everything but the kitchen sink. And I committed to a choice to never go past a certain level until they, until I go mama bear and they attack my cub. And that was the choice I committed. And we didn't do that scene until the last week of filming. So I spent six months feeling like an imposter and always dealing with scenes where I just go, and then we'd rap and you'd go, I don't, I don't feel like I've done anything but I'm committing to this. I don't want to raise my voice. I don't want to be aggressive. I want to be chill. Um, so it wasn't rewarding to make, but then when I watched it and when I saw the reception, I was like, ah, it was a good choice not to do that. So maybe next time, mm. think of all that. Think of the fact that if you get in your head again, mm. say, remember how great you were and you didn't think about it and they got all these accolades and people talking about you in the community. and all these. Remember that. That will be the performance that's the shit one. Is <laughs> the one. Remember that, that you're like, and then you're like, yeah, we'll fuck you up. Keep you on your feet. Dude, this has been a real treat for me. Thank you for having me. Really man. great. What, what a wonderful person to talk to. You're really great. I mean, it's. I really enjoyed it. It was so easy to talk to you. I, felt I didn't like, look at my notes, but like twice, and I didn't even say anything from my notes. I felt like I steamrolled it. I came in and just went like, no, man, it was great. You talked about everything. I I really appreciate it, man. I wish you the best of luck, and I can't wait to hear. The new project after the fall of the House of Usher that you're filming now. Watch Midnight Mass. Watch Bly Manor. I Zombie. If you want. Just don't watch the finale. <laughs> don't watch the finale. But you're doing so much great work. And I know there's so much great work to, to what? What's the word I'm looking for? To be done. To, to be done. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> to come. To, to be had. To come. To come. That's it. Yeah. To, yeah, come. to come. I, I, I like saying that. <laughs> to come. There's more to come. Uh, thanks, man. This has been awesome. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Uh, just uh, a good dude. Liked him. Uh, yep. He's constantly working. I like his stories. I like how he was, you know, broke. Nothing's happening. And then something happens. It's just like you never know when things are going to turn your way. Oh, in a week. Mm -hmm. that, his yeah. life turned around so quick. Yep. God. I mean, Th that's just the thing with life. If you're having it's a bad nuts. day, you're having a bad week, a bad month, just know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Guys, there's there's things that are going to get better. They will get better. This is life. It's not all good. It's not all bad. It's a plethora of everything. All the shit you could think of. You get, you get shit thrown at you constantly, and it's how you deal with it. And uh, boy, am I trying to deal with it. Uh, I hope you are. And thank you again for listening today. Uh, a big shout out to all the top tier patrons and all the patrons in general. If you want to join Patreon, uh, and support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. It's right here. And if you want us to uh, follow us and write a review, which would help immensely, uh, mm. at inside of you pod on Twitter. That's right. At inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's correct. And you can go to the uh, inside of you online store, get some cool merch or the sunspin.com for band merch. We've got all sorts of stuff. I will be, as far as I know, I will be in St. Louis in May um, at a con. I will be in Liverpool in May for a con. I will be in Australia in June for a con, Illinois, Metropolis, Illinois in June. So come see me. Come see me at a con. We'll have some fun. I love I love seeing people and seeing patrons. I got to see uh, some patrons in Arkansas that came up to me. Um, Kathy Jo Burks was there. 
she's a patron. She came up to me. She was like, hey, it's it's Burks. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then there was David Hoffman. I was like, oh, my gosh, David Hoffman's here. It was cool, man. It's cool. So thank you, patrons. Um, and the top tier patrons get to a shout out. They get a shout out at the end of every episode. And so without further ado, I will read them to you. And uh, thank you for supporting the podcast. Please continue to do so. Here are the top tiers. Nancy D, Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian. H. Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Raj C, Joshua D. CJP, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Jen. Z. No. <laughs> Fuck. Jen. C. Isn't it C? S. Jen N. Jen, Jen S. S. Jamal F, Janelle B, Kimberly E, Mike E, L, Dan, Supremo, 99 More, Ramira, Santiago M, Chad W, Leanne P, Janine R, mm. Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Chris H, Dave H, Spider-Man Chase, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Liliana A, Talia M, Betsy D, Chad L, Rochelle, Marion, Meg K, Trav L, Den N, Dan N, Dan N, mm. By Dannon. That's the yogurt. I think that's Menon. Oh. Dannon was a yogurt. Yeah. yeah still good, is. Good call. I like Dannon. Big Stevie W, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Super Sam, Deb Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Gavinator, David C, John B, Brandy D, uh, Vor, Camelia S, The C, Joey M, Willie F, Adelaide N, Omar I, Lena N, Design OTG, Eugene N. Uh, what? Eugene and. Leah. Oh. Remember? No, I oh, did not. Sorry. Obviously. Chris P, Nikki G, Carrie, or Corey. Corey. Patricia, Heather L, Jake B, James B, Bobbit, Ed A, Abol mm -hmm. F, Abel F, Abol F, mm -hmm. Joshua B, Tony G, Sean R, Megan T, Mel S, Orlando C, John B, Caroline R, Darren B, Rob E, Paul C, Christine S, Sarah S, Eric H, and Spring. Spring. Uh, you guys don't know how much uh, it means to me that you listen to the podcast and you support me and you support Ryan and you support Bryce, who's a mm -hmm. producer, and you support Jason, our amazing editor, and uh, Westwood One and Cumulus. Thank you guys for uh, supporting the podcast. Again, there's so many podcasts out there, and uh, you guys commit to it every week. And, uh, you know, again, thank you. I hope I could do this for a while longer. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. If people keep listening, then maybe I'll keep doing it. But, uh, that's all I could say. Um, Ryan, you got anything else? <laughs> that is all you could say. You when literally you, stopped. I, that's all I could say. I oh stopped, my God, he's I out. stopped on the dime. I'm, he's out, out, of I'm out of breath. I'm out of words. Jesus. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, Just keep doing it. By the way, I hope uh, after this, the Oscars will already be over, but I hope that Coda won. Dude, I watched it last weekend. Awesome. Cried for 45 minutes I straight. I cried too. Like it's there's like one scene that starts and then just like boom, boom, yeah. boom. Yeah. Watch boom. Coda. If you're going to watch anything, watch Coda. C O D A. And you, you know, I give, I give uh, my opinion sometimes. You're going to thank me for this. Uh, from Michael Rosenbaum here in the Hollywood Hills of California. From right there is. <laughs> with his mustache. <laughs> here. Tell us what you think of Ryan's mustache. I'd like to know what you think. And, uh, I always see comments about uh, Ryan, too. I love Ryan, and uh, so they love you, Ryan. I appreciate it. They do. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm happy you're here. Yeah. Uh, a little wave to the camera. Thank you, guys. Thank you for making me uh, your choice in podcasts. And uh, until next time, be good to yourself. Be good to yourself. And uh, you'll get through whatever you're going through. Um, 
All my love. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.